Hi, this is Peter David, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. And when I think of you, I touch myself. That was a good one, Dad. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's going off on it, that's all I care about. So nice. So nice you said it twice. Right. Yeah. yeah, the new previews drops? Or didn't it drop this week? The new previews? Not according to uh, the new release list. Because I, I, I checked when I was... Um, Posting my uh, top five this week. Well, that's odd because both the Marvel and the DC catalogs are out. Well, the the, the Marvel catalog may be out uh, through certain outlets, but it's not going to be bundled with the catalog until it comes out next week. No, I mean the digital one is out. Right, this is what I'm saying. So they probably got the file early, uh-huh. but 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 we won't have it in our hands until next week. Nice. Mm. Okay. Not a huge omnibus month, thankfully. Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot to put my order. Shit. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock. What? Huh? What did you just do? I I just said hey. Oh. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 746. I'm Vince B. Oh, you are Vince Peters. This is a sign of things to come. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am Owen Johnson. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Right? But you're not Owen Johnson. You're Jason Wood, everybody, all together on this. We've got a special episode for you because we have a guest, and you probably already know who it is from the preview images, but we're not going to tell you until we're ready to introduce him. we got some, some preliminary stuff to take care of. Before we go into it, yeah. Such as Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They sponsored this whole shebang. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of the price everybody else is paying. Here are the three, the trinity for this month. From Image, Eric Larson, Ant Number 1. Been saying it all month. You should get it. Larson is one of the best dudes out there for comics. This is a new ongoing you're like wait wait a minute didn't he just publish an ant number 12 well he did but that wraps up mario gully stuff and now he's doing his own thing that's what eric likes to do his own thing uh blazing new trails with ant and i'm going to be along for the ride 3.99 cover price you can take it home for a dollar 99 cheapness next up we have from marvel talked about this group last episode it's the defenders Number one of five, Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez. It's uh, a, a new extrapolation on the classic team. Some familiar faces, some not. Uh, $3.99 cover price. You can bring it to your abode for half that. $1.99. And uh, last but certainly not least, from Vault Comics, it's Dead Box. Mark Russell, Ben Tizma. Again, uh, $4, the norm, $3.99. Uh, you are going to bag and board this baby for $1.99. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions. Oh, my goodness. And you get your books <laughs> delivered 
<laughs> nice. And uh, people at home, if you could only saw what I just saw. And you get your books just delivered right to your door. It's amazing. DCBService.com. Hi. Thank you, Jason. Anything for you, buddy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. What are you drinking, you freaks? <laughs> Um, well, because we have a special guest, I'm actually treating myself, so I'm drinking an AHA orange and grapefruit sparkling water. <laughs> Is that uh, alcohol contest or no? No. Oh. It's flavor. Right. Okay. But the flavor, I, I savor it. Right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, you eat about 50 calories a day, so yeah, I guess. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I eat about 2,000 calories a day. Nice. That's, that's what, what you should be eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wild cherry. It's just the kind of calories I have are very good for. Yeah, right for the for the engine. Yes, wild cherry for me. There you go. Uh, I had um, had some wine with dinner. Actually, the same wine that uh, Jason had when um, you guys were here. I I had that with dinner, Um, but since we started. I've been sipping on that uh, that barrel dovetail that I had last time. That's about gone. So I am uh, going to follow it with some uh, lovely seltzer. Okay. Yeah. So tonight. Tonight. It's um, an adventure. We, it wasn't, it, it didn't. Didn't go according to plan exactly. No, I mean I don't, and 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 I'm not sure if it was. Um, I'm not sure if the weather played a part. I'm not sure if it was a Skype thing. I don't know how David Harper does his. So I don't like Jason said. Um, our guest was on a podcast a couple weeks ago, um, and and I believe the sound was not an issue. Um, so I don't know how the connection was there. Or what the the um, the the program the platform used but um there's Vince's a flash flood watch in his area right now so okay so it's probably storming so i'm going to yeah. chalk that up to uh to to our to our woes hopefully um you're going to hear what we have uh regardless hopefully vince will be able to um beef up the volume somewhat but we have a phenomenal guest who i've been dying to chat with uh for a while, uh, even pre-COVID, but since COVID and and uh, because of his output recently, I've been dying to talk to our guest. Um, and and I'm just glad he had the time to chat with us this evening. Um, and hopefully we'll have him back soon uh, when the weather's nicer. But it uh, it's it's my pleasure to um, to offer up this evening for a little while, uh, Mr. Christopher Somney. Yeah. Now remember, going in, if I went in and extracted all of the, the, the chunks where Chris breaks up or where words are uh, just plain missing, uh, it would probably be about a half an hour interview. So I'm going to leave it in as recorded because uh, that's the way it happened. And uh, such are, the, you know, they're the dangers of Skype. It's, it, it, it's not the most robust app in the world and uh it doesn't cost anything so there you go you get what you pay for but um yeah there there are issues 
with the uh, fidelity in uh, a lot of his sections, but bear with it because um, the stuff you can hear is, is really compelling. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you just sit around uh, right now and listen to Chris Somney tell you about uh, all his stuff. Tonight we have a very special guest uh, who I'm very excited to uh, to speak with tonight. The last time this gentleman was on the show uh, was in May of 2010. And I think we will probably <laughs> talk to him about uh, Thor the Mighty Avenger. And oh since gosh. then... <clears throat> Uh, we've had um, some great runs on uh, Daredevil and Black Widow, both, both with Mark Wade. He, he gave us some fun pages on uh, some some fun stuff with uh, Captain America again with Mark Wade. I I love the Batman Beyond covers he did, um, but uh, right now he is uh, kicking ass on Firepower from Image with uh, Robert Kirkman. and uh, Jonna with uh, his lovely wife Laura. We have none other. In the fourth chair tonight, then Mr. Chris Somney. How's it going, fellas? Fantastic. It's going great. So, good to have you back. I, I was absolutely baffled when David told us that it had been 11 years since you were on the show. So, I, I knew it had been a while. I was thinking 2015, yeah. 2010. That was like a jillion years ago. Seriously. Yeah, so no I kidding. had no idea. I'm sorry I've been away for so long. <laughs> I went, You've been busy. I went off the camp and they left me there. oh man so uh i mean i'd ask how things are going but i mean i've been i'm i'm happily getting both of your books they're on my pull list i get them every month um and and they're an absolute blast and they're completely different uh in tone and and flavor and presentation but um no i'm 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 just i'm i'm getting your back the guy's obviously know that uh i'm i'm beside myself with, with you coming back tonight but uh i'm how have you been how's the family um we're all good you know we're still locked away <laughs> you know like hermits um waiting for the storm to pass um i'm sure everybody's kind of going through it right now but we're we're as good as can be you know and uh um, um, laura and i are busy very busy uh yeah like a bunch of jana books and whatever i'm not working on jana i'm working on firepower or a whole bunch of other stuff um she's been helping uh with everything i mean she's co-creator co-writer but she is over my shoulder when i'm doing layouts when i'm doing letter placements when we're looking at color notes so she's been there Every step of the way. It's been really great. I'm ready to burp. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm busy, but, you know, happy to be working. How have we all been since 2010? Since 2010? I mean, well, Jason's oldest just graduated high school. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot's happened. Well, I don't think. I mean, in in 2010, you you had what one kid, right, Chris? Uh, no kids. No kids. Okay, so there you go. So you've yeah. been you've been busier on that front than yeah. the rest of us. Ours are older, so <laughs> we got three kids now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, um, I think we're all in the same boat in terms of the this last year, and and certainly, I I know. Um, you know, the three of us are and our families are all vaccinated, so we've kind of been getting 
back out to there and what trying to get a sense of what the new normal is. Um, yeah. I know that I I went to uh, I I mean I went to the grocery store just by happen chance today and I was baffled because I walked in masked up, which I've been doing for 15 months, and I walked in the store and nobody had a mask on. And and I was like, wow. I mean, and I we just I think crossed that chasm. And I thought, oh wow, okay. So because a week ago everyone was in was wearing a mask, but the I guess in New Jersey the laws changed, so the stores can't can't enforce yeah, that they, anymore. They changed it here in Missouri too. Um, I'm not crazy about it um, because I mean, even if everybody of age is vaccinated, my kids aren't. You know, all right. my kids are under twelve, and you know, and everybody else is just like whether they're vaccinated or not, or walking around without a mask on. So, uh, yeah. Ugh. But it sounds like that, I mean... Can we talk about comfort? Yeah, yeah. I was say, it sounds like <laughs> the, 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 the impetus of being all home together, though, I think at least in part played a role in, in Jana, right? I mean, it, it definitely evokes, like, it's a, it's a Somni family book in a lot of ways, right? It is, and, you know... Um, it was never made to be our pandemic book, but you know, um, there are parts of it that seem a little claustrophobic. Um, and those will be popping up later in the series. I'm, I'm working on, uh, I just finished eight, uh, this morning. So, um, we have lots more banked. Um, and yeah, maybe more of what we're living through will show up. But yeah, everybody has our oldest uh, identifies most with Rainbow, the oldest character. Um, our middle kid is kind of who Jana was based on, and she's like the world's biggest Jana fan. Like she draws a picture of Jana for me like every night before bed. Nice. So I had I had just like stacks just by my behind my desk of uh, <laughs> little of little drawings of. Jonna doing laundry or Jonna getting mad, <laughs> just like the most random things, and they're all just delightful. Um, and yeah, they were mad that we didn't have our comp copies on Wednesday. <laughs> so, oh shoot! Yeah, so they're they're all in it to win it. They they're um, they've always seen me making comics, but I've never been able to share most of the books that I make with them. So it's been nice to have something that, you know, as soon as it comes in, it's like, here you go. You don't have to wait until you're 15 to read this comic. Yeah, it's awesome. The uh, uh, text pieces in the back of the comic where um, it details you working at the kitchen table because of the pandemic and your children are there creating with you. Like creativity is infectious. And it's it's awesome that they're picking up that vibe from you. And I'm sure the inspiration for, as you said, a lot of the book is from them. So it's like cross family pollination creativity. And you can, you can feel the, just the, uh, the energy in the book, uh, even in the, in the downbeat scenes is, uh, it's, it's almost infectious. Well, the kids, you know, we've always made stuff around them. We've always just made comics. So they don't really think about it as anything other than, Oh, well, everybody draws, everybody makes books. So, they all just sit around and they, they read and make their own things and everybody just, uh, you know, we have uh, templates for them for comics and they, they can just sit around and make a comic anytime they want. 
and sometimes our middle she'll race me and she's like how many are you gonna do today and it's like well a page or two you know and she's like oh well i'm gonna make a whole book (laughs) she'll she'll do a whole book it'll be like you know 10 pages she'll tell a whole story from beginning to end i've i've been well how are you i'm like four panels (laughs) like how are you doing it yeah it's it's fun you'll be you'll be spotting her black soon enough (laughs) yeah i think she's drawn more jonna than i have (laughs) Uh, honestly she's drawn jonna more than i have like she she'll draw her all day and you know i can only get maybe 10 drawings of jonna on a page and she's she can do that in nothing flat unless she's bouncing around the landscape those pages are great yeah or doing flips or punching things Uh, from from my vantage point, um, the art I, I'm getting a little bit of a Hank Ketchum vibe from it in some spots. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, like a little bit of Dennis the Menace, just the the rambunctiousness of Dennis mm-hmm. and how he's always mm-hmm. moving and the hair's all messed up. But um, I, I have three volumes of Dennis the Menace behind my desk. Oh it's boy, the, it's it's my inspiration. Whenever I'm feeling low and like I don't I don't have anything to get my you know a kick in the pants i have dennis the menace i have uh the studio ghibli art books i have you know things that i know i can look at and go oh man i gotta get to the desk yeah it's yeah a- hank ketchum is one of them all oh, red s- notice uh, an influence back in like 2011 and i was like ah, i like it but i don't know and then i really got into it after <laughs> after he said that and i was like you know what maybe i should check it out more and i just fell in love with it nice nice yeah, hank, ketchum, uh- hank ketchum is a good catch Sweet. Um, I also see, and this probably isn't uh, as apparent, but a little bit of Bill Keen. How, uh, you know, John is just traipsing all over the place with multiple figures yeah. and uh, without the dotted line, of course. But, um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, it, the, the Keen influence to me is, is uh, maybe a, a little subliminal, but, you know, you can't see a, a, a little child bouncing all over the place without seeing billy in the dotted line to my eyes yep. right um not so much but glenn keen if uh if we're gonna go disney is very much jana with her with her knuckles like the tarzan thing oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. for disney oh yeah yeah yeah. Sure. yeah. slide yep. through the trees that's sort of you know was in the back of my mind yeah but there's a whole i mean there's a every, all of my influencers are sort of funneled through jana so there's like everything that i've read or watched or been inspired by it's this is where i get to finally do it right right so there's there's disney and ghibli and you know french books and manga and all the stuff like newspaper strips and there's everything that i'm just trying to squeeze into one i mean part of it is you know old 1930s newspaper strip stuff nice. that i mean nobody cares about. <laughs> nobody cares about um but I feel like, you know, I'm into it. Maybe if I can put it in my comics, it'll make more people appreciate the old stuff. Or if nothing else, it's something that I can put into it that I can be excited about. Nice. More people should care about those 1930 strips. Damn skip. Because they were amazing. Yeah. I got to just pick your brain. Um, in the sequence where um, the sisters are brought into uh, the cave with Nomi, um, mm-hmm. Is there charcoal in some of the shading? Uh, it's uh, China marker. 
Okay, China marker. Good. Yeah, I was either thinking charcoal or China marker. Nice. Yeah. Because it, it, it the, there's a textural quality to that sequence that's amazing. Uh, just the way the, the central um, campfire is just blasting everybody with yeah, shadow. Yeah. It looked, oh, so good. My, my I goodness. That, <laughs> I have that open right now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Getting those colors back from Matt was just like, I was over the moon. I, I was just like, can you make this whole scene red? Like, is that weird? Is that going to look weird if it's just like orange and red? But then they came back. I was like, yes, that's it. <laughs> I do have some Matt Wilson related questions, but 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 keeping on, um, John is is. Have you and Laura had a desire to work on something together for a while, and it was always going to be this, or was it what? Was it a matter of when the time is right, or how did? How did you decide? How did you two decide to sit down and say, "Let's do a comic together"? Well, I mean, she's written stuff before. We pitched a book way back when that never got picked up. Um, and she's written stuff by herself that she wasn't ready to make a comic. We talked about, you know, stories together. Like we'll wait for the kids to pick up, pick them up from school. We'd sit around, we'd talk about stories, something she's thinking about, or stories that I would want to tell. And we just never really got around. Um, and I had the idea for John of kind of bouncing around in my head for months. And I had the first scene of her running through the trees and the monster and the impossible. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I told her about it. And she said, well, how much more of the story do you have? And I said, I think I've got most of it. And she was like, well, you should pitch it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's pitch it. And I DM James Jones. One thing led to another, and he was like, yeah, pitch it. And then we sat down, and as I was writing up the pitch, I, I didn't have it all. I, I thought I had it all in my head, but when I went, sat down to write it, I didn't have it. And we came up with the rest of it together, and then it became a creator-owned book. Like, it was the two of us together creating it. And it wouldn't, have, it, would, it wouldn't be right if I was just like, thanks for all those ideas. Now it's my book. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, for many nights on the couch. It's like like the memes, like, I like this. This is mine now. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. So, it, it, I mean, we came up with it a whole... I mean, I created the characters, and then we created the world, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. Like, I knew great. what they looked like since 2014. I had little doodles, but she's helped me, like flesh them out and they've become characters instead of just doodles in a book. And, uh, after, you know, we got accepted, we decided, you know, that if she's going to be there for every step of the way, then she's the co-creator and the co-writer. That's awesome. So we worked on the whole outline together, the synopsis of the series. We broke down each issue. We've broken down each page. Like we work on it all together and then I'll go off and, turn my scribbles into full layouts and then you know it, this is all it, i think almost verbatim what's in the back of the drawing board edition but uh but yeah we uh we work on it every step of the way and nice now, for better or worse it's it's out there you know it's not in the back of my head anymore it's it's a little hard to try and juggle two books but um but i'm happy we're doing it you know i'm i'm glad to have it out there while my kids can still read it instead of them being like 15 going, I don't want this book. (laughs) (laughs) This is the book you should have given us when we were like nine and under. Damn. Well, the freedom to uh, chase inspiration wherever it 
may lead you must be incredibly liberating. Like if you want to draw a submarine, you, you know, in, include a submarine into the story, right? Uh, wherever the uh, that muse is going to push you, you can go. Whereas if there's a writer dictating, like like say at another uh, company you're working on a, a, you know, a create not a creator owned book, the, you're pretty much bound by what is scripted out for you. But on this book, you could do literally anything well, you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are good constraints to have. You know, at, at Marvel or DC, you know what you're signing up for. You know, like right. there's already a whole universe of characters, and that's the playground that you're playing in. And it's like Black Widow is going to be in sort of a real world that's where there's also superheroes. Same with Captain America or whoever. They just it's New York or wherever, and that's where you go with it. But with that we're creating on our own, we can go off on a tangent with, you know, a monster doing this or that and build the world on your own. You can, you make your own rules to break. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that is, that is liberating to be able to kind of do whatever you feel like and not have to worry about, oh, well, if we do this, is it going to mess up Iron Man for that month or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing. We have our own little world, our own universe that we can kind of do whatever we want with. The uh, is when when it comes to what's the schedule like with with John? If if Laura is working on something else, if she's you know getting ready to get the kids from school. And she has an idea. Does she throw it at you, or do you guys have a set schedule where you know, like, on on Tuesdays and Thursdays you work on Jana because you know, you know, you have to work on Firepower for another couple of days of the week. How do you, whenever an idea strikes you too, does it just like make its way into the book, or do you have actual downtime where listen, we're going to we're going to relax, we're chilling for the night, we're not talking about work. I mean, honestly, we did the bulk of our work at the beginning like when we pitched it and then we came up with the synopsis that's what i'm still working off of um you know we're eight issues in and only just now getting ready to start fresh on scripts so i mean with each issue i have the original outline my crummy layouts and then i'll do the layouts down here in my office and then i'll bring them up to her and make sure that she thinks they sync up with what we originally came up with and then we don't do final script until you know i'm working on inks so i'll put in placeholder dialogue in the layouts but we'll finalize it together and that's kind of catches catch can you know whenever we can get around to it sometimes it's at 10 o'clock at night when the kids are in bed or sometimes it's on the weekend or we put on a movie for the kids you know Go watch the new Pixar movie. We're going to sit at the kitchen table for an hour and a half and bang out a script. So um, it's a little hard to try and squeeze it around other stuff. But the uh, the good news is that we got most of it taken care of early on. So it's sort of just like playing catch up uh, before we each, you know, like um, she We'll type up all the script when all is said and done, but the script is mostly so that Crank has something to go off of. Um, I think we turn in a rough first draft 
to Zach, Zach Soto, our, our editor at Oni, and he looks that over and is like, yeah, that's cool. But whenever that first draft comes in, he's already seen the inks. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, it, it's a visual sort of a story. So there's, there's not a whole lot of dialogue um, that is really going to change the story that much. I mean, you can kind of tell, the, you can read the story without the words for the most part. Um, so it might take a little nudging here or there, but um, he's already approved the, the outline. So we're kind of, we're kind of good to go. Um, and I'm getting ready to do the next four issues as a big chunk. Um, we're going to go over the, synopsis for our last four issues we did our first eight at the beginning and now we're going to do these next four in a row um and then i'll ink it all together so we'll have another full arc um that i can just draw from beginning to end oh nice okay i i guess the the, the idea of the uh, the drawing board edition is is fantastic because i know you know you you tend to hold on to your interior pages uh mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of many, but the, um, but but and having definitely something... with John of Pages, nobody's gonna get. <laughs> I I don't <laughs> I, listen. I wasn't even gonna ask because I knew that that was, <laughs> I knew the answer was going to be, but yeah. the fact that coming out, I mean, and and it is. I only have two artist edition, and the third is going to eventually be the Daredevil edition. Um, but I think having um, having a drawing board edition of of. John is is a great idea and it's a way for everybody else to kind of uh, get as close as they can without getting on without lucking into your commission list or or finding something um, through uh, through third party um, the best and easiest way to get something resembling your original art I, well, I, I, I love the fact that I to do that I think it's a fun way for people to sort of dip their toe into the artist editions too. Like it's not a full 11 by 17, it's nine by 12, but it's bigger than a regular comic. And I think it might be easier to appreciate what original art can look like. If you can see it bigger, um, it's, it's the same size as, uh, um, the treasury editions from back in the day. Okay. Um, which I think is exciting. <laughs> you know, I can I can put it on the shelf next to Superman versus Muhammad Ali, and it'll be the same size. So maybe that's just a real nerdy thing, but I'm I'm excited about, <laughs> about that so they can share a shelf. Um, but yeah, I I'm excited just because it's another format that hopefully more people can do. I know uh, Declan Shalvey had a full size version of. Um, of a book that he did a few years ago. Sean Murphy had one. Um, I just, I'm a big, I have so many artist editions. It's ridiculous. I haven't even opened half of them, but I love them. <laughs> you know, like I, I pour over them when I can. I just, I have no free time. Um, but uh, if more people can look at what comic art looks like, maybe it won't be so daunting that they don't want to try it. Um, going to comic conventions when I was a kid and seeing originals was thrilling, you know, to see like what pages look like. I mean, and so many people are <laughs> drawing digitally now that they don't get to see them. Um, but, but seeing 
one was magic for me. So hopefully, I don't think my pages are magic, but you know, it's exciting regardless. I'm rambling. I had too much tea. No, that, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, the um, I'm, I'm as I'm as I'm reading between the two, but between your two current ongoings, I I am. I'm just curious. Um, the, the the packaging. The, the John is obviously on some slicker paper. Firepower is on some um, some of the thicker, toothier style paper. Was that is that just up to the? I'm really curious just to know if that's up to the publisher or if that was something that you guys actually had a hand in. Um, I think the paper that Oni's using is the, their stock um, color okay. paper. I think that's just what they use for all of their color floppies. Um, and I I think what Firepower is is a little like the the covers are almost cardstock um, but that was uh, I left that up to Kirkman. I, I, I didn't ever test paper or anything like that. I, I don't know. Um the um, collected editions of Jana are going to be on matte paper. Um, so there'll be like, they don't have that high gloss that the single issues do. They don't okay. So, uh, that I picked, <laughs> but, but I think the singles are sort of just the go-to. Yeah, that makes, okay. Cause, cause I think the Rick and Morty stuff are, are is the same style. So that, I, that checks out, I guess. Now, for the the Jana collections, are you going to go the young reader route and do hardcovers, or are they going to be trades? They're they're trades, but they're the smaller size, so they're okay. smaller than the monthlies. I think they're I can't I I can't remember what size they are off the top of my head. They're like around scholastic size. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they're the size of you know. Uh, the robots that Mar- or that uh, that Oni put out, the Scott Pilgrim when they were were coming out, they're that oh, okay, you know, bigger than in your back pocket, but not right. digest. Now, are is Oni trying to actively chase that scholastic uh, tale? Are you guys going to try and get into schools and uh, other uh, book shows like that? I mean, we're not chasing scholastic. I mean, we're uh, we're just trying to make. A fun comic I and mean, if kids are getting it from oni great you know I okay. mean, we're just happy to have people getting it they they have a a deal with um simon and schuster so they're, they're getting the books out right yep well out of your two uh currently published books i gotta say i, I lean towards jana you cut out there are you still there yeah 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 we're here I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Oh, I, well, the uh, out of the two currently published books that you have, I got to admit, I lean towards Jana. But um, I don't know if you know, I'm a, a very, I'm not a, an easy sell when it comes to Kirkman. And uh, when when I heard you were doing a book with him, I was like, oh boy. So I guess I, I got to read this because it's, it's your art, right? Um, and, and, you know, very hard sell, but um, I dipped. I'll be sure to let him know. Well, he probably doesn't care. I, 
I dipped into the firepower universe, and that prelude is amazing. I, it is so good. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh, this is great because of Chris. You know, it can't be Kirkman. This is, you know, he does, you know, but whatever. Um, and, and I'm in this world, and it flew by, and it's so riveting just to all the things that, that impact this poor guy and to be saddled with, with a legacy that he wasn't even aware of. Uh, but the, the thing that really sucked me in was the, uh, the fight choreography. I think those scenes are just flat out amazing. You, you, you have this knack to know when to bring it in tight and then when to open it up into a, a double spread. And it's just, it's, it's a punch in the face, literally, to keep in, in tune with the book, right? Uh, I thought you did a fantastic job on Firepower. Thank you. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, Really inspired by Shaw Brothers movies from yes, yeah. the 70s and 80s. That's what Vince said before we got together tonight. I said it's a damn Shaw Brothers movie so, on paper. Yeah. 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 They're so good. And that's why everybody has like crazy mustaches and giant eyebrows. Like, that's because I love those so much. <laughs> it's just, they're almost cartoony in the the design of some of the the characters in the in the movies. And I kind of absorbed some of that, and I've tried to put that into some of our character design. Um, but yeah, the the fight choreography. I mean, I took. Uh, I was in uh, Taekwondo when I was in um, in high school, and I know a little bit has stuck with me. But for the most part, I just kind of BS a lot of it. Um, but I, I've absorbed those movies since I was a kid, um, and you know Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen and. Uh, Everybody has inspired some of the choreography that I have rattling around in my brain. But a lot of it is just Kirkman. Like, and this is a guy who's going to punch and it needs to look awesome. And then this guy gets and it needs to look really cool. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, well, here goes nothing. Yeah. Uh, see, it is all you. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, he it's paced out. Um, you know, whatever it's a two page spread or, I mean, he, in his scripts, it's like, uh, top tier is wide, middle, you know, and then small panel, small panel, small panel, big panel for the kick. I mean, okay, he, I, I mean, I'll add a panel here or there, but I mean, his pacing is pretty spot on. Well, I tip my hat to him. Mile. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know if you want me to to, <laughs> to give so many props to Kirkman, but I mean, that's that's just the fact of the matter. Is like he's really good at pacing. And yeah, that's. You know, I'm just following his lead. I, I, I definitely mean, I, I wish I could show you the script. Nice. I definitely ate crow on this book because it, it was <laughs> it was so damn entertaining. It really was. Uh, now, to be, I have a presumption to be as good as you are on paper. I'm guessing you got to be super per- perceptive. Like when you walk into a room, do you notice? Do you take in everything uh, based on your surroundings? Like notice the little details of, of everything around you? Because that's what I get when I look at your art. Um, you have a, a knack for subtlety. You handle the, the big blowouts remarkably well. But you can also do the, the intimate character bits super successfully. I'm just like, how perceptive do you consider yourself? Um. Not very. I mean, oh, I can't believe that. I don't know. I I can I have ADHD, so um, 
I can either be all over the place uh, or I'm hyper focused. Okay. And a lot of times when I work, I'm hyper focused on work and I, I lose track of time and I'll just be at the desk for four hours and they go, Oh, Hey, I forgot to eat. Um, and that that's good when I'm working, but it's not good for when everyone else is around. Right. Um, but when I go into a new place, a lot of times I'll absorb things and try and figure out like how I would draw it. Mm. I, I look at weird, like shadows. I'm, I can get distracted by, you know, like how something looks and I'll try and think about it as a three dimensional object and how I would draw it. And then I'll file it away for later. But I don't think that I'm like, it's not a beautiful mind situation. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing math equations when I am. I'm not writing on a, a piece of glass or anything <laughs> trying to. <laughs> no, right. It's just, I'm, I, I'm an artist. So I, it's just kind of, I look at the world and how I draw is sort of just how I interpret what I see. Right. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I'm very, I'm, I'm not particularly intuitive. It's just sort of, I just draw. Um, I tried to teach way back when, when I was in college and, um, it didn't go well, you know, like I'm, I'm good at drawing. I'm not good at telling people how I did it. Right. Um, which is why interviews with me are always like, Hey, cool. This was fun. Uh, <laughs> well, well, some things um, can't be can't be like, spoken. I don't right? know how I do things. It's just like how I do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I also think that your style has uh, a foot in two worlds. It's it's obviously very contemporary, but there's an old school vibe to it. Um, I see, you know, some toth. Um, the the guys that could really work that line and spot those blacks remarkably well. Like you, you, you have a, a, a classic rock sensibility to your work and you also have a very uh nouveau part uh to it and i just think it's it it's one of those uh styles that just leaps to to my attention i've I've always really uh loved your work for those reasons because uh, like yourself i appreciate the old stuff uh i love the classic comics and i see a lot of you know your line uh in that old stuff and it's just it's just refreshing to see the guys that don't don't ah that's old i'm not going to go there but um you, the sensibility is there to my eyes anyway and i oh, love very nice Vince. thank yeah, you yeah. um i when i was first trying to break in and like i mean i feel like I've, i'm still trying to break in but when i was you know like in 2010 or 29 2009 and i, I was still i mean back in Gosh, in 2004, I remember walking around with my portfolio and uh, and I'd talk to editors and they'd say, we like your stuff, but we don't know what we would do with you. And um, those editors have hired me since. Right. Is that the point? <laughs> but, uh, but back then, I didn't have a whole lot of superheroes in my portfolio. Like I'd have, you know, a couple of pages of regular people and then oh hey hidden and then the flash shows up because that's what everybody told me to do when i was a kid like don't just draw a splash page draw you know clark kent down on the street along with a bunch of regular people he looks up at the sky there's an explosion and then he's superman and then you know then you have your action scene and then you can show that you can do people in suits you can do locations and you can do action and you can draw superheroes um 
and then I did Capote in Kansas, and that was just like people in suits. Right. And it was just like, hey, look, I can draw people in suits, and I can draw motion and people acting, and that's all well and good, but I'm not showing that I can draw superheroes too. Um, but uh, I, I don't even know where I was going with that one, but um, <laughs> but uh, I was worried back then that my all of my old school influences I was wearing on my sleeve and not so much all of the other things that I grew up loving like I grew up watching Robotech and Voltron and you know reading whatever manga I could get my hands on gunsmith cats or right. whatever whatever I could get at the flea market and my style has sort of absorbed all of those and spit out whatever I am now and I'm glad to hear that you like what I'm doing because I, all I see is like, oh, this hand, hand kind of looks like, you know, this looks like a tin can, uh, a Hergé hand. This yeah. looks like, you know, <laughs> this looks like a Studio Ghibli hair. And all I, I can see all of my influences, but I was always early on, I would and I finally feel like I'm doing whatever feels comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make I'm not trying to make something look like Alex Toth. I'm not trying to make it look like manga. When I was 15, I was like way into manga and I was just like let's just do that. Like I don't know what I'm going to do. Nobody wants to hire me to make superheroes. Let's just make a comic that's like an American manga. And, you know, and I followed that for a couple of years and it didn't work out, but you know what? It was a fun experiment for a while. And now I can make a comic that's action, that has speed lines like manga, quiet moments like Studio Ghibli, dark moments like Toth, Milton Kniff, or Noel Sickles, and it all can work together because it's all just how I draw now. Right. Um, are, are you comfortable with your visual voice? Are you always um, pushing, pushing the boundaries uh, and trying to, you know... Uh, cross every T and dot every I. I mean, I'm never happy with it. Um, perfect. Can everything perfect? Come on. Right. I feel they should all get bonuses for having to put up with me. Oh, uh, we had to switch out the line art just so that the toad doesn't look. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, happy enough. Uh, I mean, I think see when if you read any of the RC codas and firepower, I kind of forget what I've drawn. So I can look back at it and go, "Oh, that's okay." But when it's new, I, I'm not. When it's on my desk, I know when it's done, but uh, I'm not really happy with it until months later we had a chance to just like simmer somewhere else and then at it like somebody else. Should. And I can pick out the flaws easier, but I can also figure out what the story is without having to analyze it so much. Like, oh, hey, you know, this, this sequence. Uh, um, I'm really picky. 
Well, I think it's good to be relatively. Does that answer uh, the question? Oh, it, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I think it, it's good to be relatively unsettled with your your current style because you're always trying to improve and 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 uh, push the limits of what you can do and how you represent things. But I, I, I'll be totally honest; I've never uh, looked at a Chris Somni panel and, yeah, and I'm thought, to get better. "Yeah." Um, uh, I've never looked at a panel of yours and thought, "Man, that's an awkward hand," or that, that composition is kind of kind of milk toast. I, you you always seem to to give uh, every panel one hundred percent Chris Omni, and and I think that's there's not a lot of people I don't I, I don't think who who go to that those lengths to present. Uh, to flesh out the narrative to those degrees is what I'm saying. Like it, it just seems like y- you want to put every iota of of that Somni energy into it, and it shows on the page. Well, a lot of it is I have so much fun doing the layouts. I pack all of it in there, and it, I think, oh, this looks great. The layouts I'm always happy with. When I'm done, it's like that's really good because it's like the hardest I work in a month is when I work on the layouts. And then when I have to sit down and I print it out in blue, I'm like, ah, what was I even doing? Like, this is, this is going to take forever. Like, why, <laughs> why are there a thousand ninjas on this page? Because it looked cool. It looked cool when it was only an inch tall. But now it's like 11 by 17, and my wrist is hurting. Um, and I just have to, like, grin and bear it because it's like, that already got pretty <laughs> You know, like, everybody said, ink, go, go ahead and ink it. So now I'm going to ink it. And, I can't half-ass it because it was already, you know, it was me. I I did this to myself. I drew it two weeks ago, and now it just has to get done. So, you know, I could try and find an easier way to do it, but I already drew it the one time. I don't want to have to redraw it. Right. Once You've... it's printed blue, I just I, I don't I don't do a whole lot of penciling anymore. So just get it done. <laughs> keep on keep on moving and. You know, it it works in a layout. So, right. How has um, how has your relationship with Matt Wilson changed over the years? Because I know in 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 the um in the back matter in the RC Coda you mentioned um a couple issues ago um the the double page spread where. Owen's life is flashing before his eyes, for lack of a better term. That that um, when he's falling, right? And and you said you you told Robert that you know Matt, you didn't know Matt was going to do like each panel its own color and at how so when when Matt gets an issue is have you guys you guys have worked together for for years now. So is it is it kind of unspoken? Did, does he get the impression what you're trying to do with your with your line work, or do you just like leave it all up to him? Do you get what kind of directions do you give him? Um, with firepower, I I think we picked the color of the outfits for the monks, um, and that's really about it. Um, for the most part, it was just like, hey, remember how much fun we had on Black Widow and the one color when it was something important, like whenever Black Widow would really do something awesome, like she would bring out, you know. The big guns, the panel would turn red. I mm-hmm. love that. And I just said, what, you know, whenever Owen does something, can you make it, like, yellow? And then the monks' outfits are yellow, and the butterfly is yellow. And that can be, like, our 
our cool color because then it ties in with the logo and it's fire and that was i mean beyond that it was just like you know do what we always do and he just comes in and crushes it i i have notes for when something's done or if somebody has a specific outfit i'm like can you make this guy's outfit purple or can you do you know yeah uh can you make these shoes like old man white like uh british knights Uh (laughs) just make them completely wild but for the most part matt just comes in and crushes it and i don't have any notes until it's like oh hey this hair was the wrong color or this you know I screwed up and can you make this shirt a different color? Um, with Jonna, it's, I've, I have a lot more notes ahead of time with firepower. Uh, we've been doing it for so long that it's just, you know, here's the pages. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like, because it's, you know, it's a kind of like Marvel and DC where like it has a role that, oh, and, and it's right outside my door. So it's Missouri. It's you don't have to do, Oh, Hey, this monster is supposed to be yellow. And this you don't have to like explain things. It's just, or on a mountain or these house, that, you know, I don't have to be like, hey, can you try and make this wall purple? Like, it doesn't make any sense for me to have to, like, stuff like that. Like, he's super challenged. He knows exactly how to do that stuff. But with, kinda, I go from the beginning. It's like, this needs to be sun so that whenever we switch scenes or when we do a flashback to it, it's a different color. This monster ties that this other color monster. So it has to have red out. You know, these vines need to be red, and you know, there's minutia in Jana that there isn't uh, firepower. But but we've worked for so long. A lot of it is just like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> Good luck. I have worked. You know, like I I don't think that he really needs handholding. I mean, he's earned all. No, the no, yeah, yeah. Oh man! So, where do you see the uh, uh, Jana going in the future? Are we talking like maybe fifty issues, a hundred? Is there a, is there a definite endpoint to this story? <laughs> oh god! <gosh. laughs> I do have end. <laughs> uh, we're not there yet. Um, I do have an end point. I know where I know where I wanted to end, um, but I'm. Just enjoying telling the story right now. Right. So right. I'm just going to keep doing it. Seriously. I just, I just got to know why this little kid can punch a giant monster in the face and get away with it. Like, how is she able to do that? <laughs> and he's uh, quiet. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you'll have some answers. But I wanted to see a little bit of punch a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely I mean, works. I grew up watching Godzilla movies and I thought Ultraman was cool. Like, I always wanted them to just, like, be that size and be this tiny little Ultraman and then go punch one of those monsters instead of being the same size. Like, uh, so John is sort of like, like, if Ultraman were tiny or <laughs> if, uh, um, 
like um, English robot fighter. Do you guys know that? Oh hell yeah! Um, so like, man, this cool, just regular guy who was able to punch robots and, and just tear them apart. And Jana is sort of like that. She's just like a little bitty kid who can just like punch a big old monster right in the face. Yep. And I don't know, something about that appealed to me. Well, thankfully, um, unlike Ultraman, she doesn't have a time limit. Which would, which is great. She could just keep punching monsters all day long. I think you need to take a nap. I mean, she's a little She falls asleep a lot. <laughs> she puts in a lot of work. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You gotta recharge. It's hard to punch monsters, and then I mean, when you're like five or six years old, you still need to take your naps. But there, there will be answers coming soon. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool. Leave everybody hanging. Cool. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, what else we got? And, uh, firepower is uh, swimmingly. I think I'm on. Oh, hold on. I was ended our call with my chief. Um, I'm doing issue eight. Either one thing. I can't remember what issue I'm on. Yeah. I think eight, 18, 17? Wow. Somewhere around there. I don't know. Well, there you um, but, but it's, it feels longer, and I can't keep track until it's time to invoice. <laughs> um, because we started out with the, uh, with the prelude, and I just kept calling that issue one. And, I, I get it all mixed up now because for the longest time, 176 pages was issue one. And then issue one, I was calling number two. And that's messed up the whole thing in my head. And I can't keep, I can't keep it straight anymore. So I never know what issue I'm working on. Oh, pl- plus, issue number that. one was also the uh, free comic book day issue. Yeah. And then I can't keep the covers in my head straight either because we did multiple covers for number one so we had the regular number one and then we went back to print and yeah thanks brains (laughs) but yeah i mean that's all i think i've i've drawn more firepower pages now than i have daredevil well damn okay I worked on Daredevil for um, over three, and I've been working on Firepowers since. Gosh, I can't even remember when. I, as soon as I was done with uh, Captain America, when was when, What year was that? So yeah, it's been a few years. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, because it was it was a pushback because of uh, COVID. Like, we were like, "Hey, what are you working on? When do you have a book coming out? Did, why'd you quit comics?" I was like, "I just can't <laughs> talk about it." I mean, clearly, I didn't quit. Like, <laughs> Here's a Batman drawing. <laughs> Get off my back. I think the decision to release the prelude, uh, as chunky as it is and as much work as you did on it, uh, before the series started was a really smart decision. I agree. Yeah, you, because you, you get the entire lay of the land in a nice chunky form. Um, you, you, all the characters are there. And at the end, you know, you, you bring it to the, the present day and I'm, uh, that's where the series starts. That's smart. I, 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 I don't know. I got it again. I got to tip the hat to Kirkman because uh, it sucked me in. Well, that's all him. Because I was like, 
why don't we just do a number one? Like, this is like six issues. Why don't we just have six issues? And then we'll be like way even further ahead. And he's like, I don't know. I think people will like the trade. And I was like, yeah. Well, we'll have a trade. Like, I haven't done a trade in our own book. <laughs> have I just have number one? Like, I was excited to have number one, and then it's like, well, you're gonna be working on this issue one for a couple of years, and I was like, oh, man, can we just make the number one come out? <laughs> just like it felt like it took forever. I think what, the first thing when we started talking about it was like, well, it's probably gonna take a while. We're gonna bang some issues, and it's gonna be a while. So you can't be, you can't say, hey, when is this book gonna come out? Like, I'm anxious. Can we hurry up and get a book come out? Like that's that was a deal, like a verbal deal we struck on the phone. When we first started talking about it. And then six months in, I was like, can we have this book come out? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, I'm going back on it. Can we please make a book? Can we Can we just put a book out? Uh, it makes quite an impression. For well, sure. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, I hope that, hopefully that helped hook a lot of folks. Um, I mean, as a reader, I think that would be exciting. As the creator, it's like, oh. <laughs> you know, like. The whole trade. Yeah, that's six issues, and that doesn't. That was never came out. You know, that's that was just. That was it. Like what? Here's here's issue one. What? <laughs> you know, like it's all just there. <laughs> and um, I said 176. I think it was shorter than that. It was uh 154. I, I have it written down on my board. Um, I always try and keep track of how many pages I'm up to each month. Let's see for firepower i'm up to 546 as of a couple weeks ago that's a good that, size deluxe edition yeah and that, and that, and that brings you up to you said issue 18 17 uh that's 17 i i i'm okay. working on 18 so that okay. that's not current i guess uh, fifteen pages on top of that. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, much respect. Seriously, I feel like I've accomplished something. And then, um, Jana is around twenty-two pages each month. I, we kind of do the same thing with firepower. So we always shoot for twenty-two, and sometimes um, the first issue of firepower like the first issue issue, not the first OGN, it was 30 pages. And we've also had a couple of 24-page issues. Um, issue 12 was 30 pages. And, John, we've, sometimes it's like, oh, I need two more pages. And they're like, it's fine, go for it. And that always just feels weird. <laughs> like, oh, great, I can make a 24-page issue? Like, it feels so strange because, like, at Marvel and DC, you have to get it to fit in 20 pages. Um, and create your own books. It's like you can do 22. And then if you need the space, you have it. And you can stretch your story out. And, you know, you don't have to squeeze it into a 20 page container. You can let it breathe a little bit. So, yeah, we have uh, an issue coming up that's 26 pages just because I needed one more scene and I couldn't. And it, I couldn't take that scene out to put it in another issue. Like it had to be in that one. And Oni was like, yeah, go for it. It's a page issue, and we're not yeah. advertising it as such. It's still the same price, but for you know, it made me feel better that we can, you know, get as many pages as we need to tell the story in each issue. Which sure. is really cool. No, you don't get to do that everywhere. Every every Black Widow had to be twenty 
Green Bay just the entire time. Like, that was it. Make it yeah, I think Firepower 11 was the first issue that actually had ads in the back of it. Because normally your RC Coda, it, it goes into the back cover. Um, and and because 11 had extra pages, um, I guess, just to make the page count or whatever, they there's an Ultra Mega and, and another ad. But, um, I mean, yeah, I... I I love that. I love that you have the flexibility there. That's great. I did not know that about issue eleven. If yep. you've if you've been reading the RC Cody, you know that I don't read the book. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do know that. Yes, yes. And 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 how you you, you tell Robert? Listen, I, I would love for, you know we can make the RC Coda like you know twelve pages. If it means I only have to draw 12, 10 pages an issue. <sighs> yeah, that's. Um, I mean, we were doing it for six months i think at least before i found out that it had a name um so <laughs> he said he said something like rc coda and i was like what and he's like you know for rc coda and i was like what why are you saying it weird like rc cola and he's like no that's what we call the thing in the back of the book oh wow. we really? yeah we just him like, you don't you like you haven't looked at the book and i was like no i drew it i don't need to look at it what are <laughs> When, when I'm done, it's done. What do I? I'm only gonna pick out things that aren't good in it. If I have to go back and look at it, like I've done it. I looked at the letters. I looked at the colors. We've looked at it on a on a PDF while we've talked about it. I I don't. It feels weird to look at it again. It's in print. Like they're just they're here. I have the comps. There there's a stack next to my deck. It just. No, I don't feel I've, I've lived those books. I don't need to look at them. Right. Maybe in a few years I'll be I'm in the mood to pick them up. But for right now, I'm I'm good. I I know what happens in them. <laughs> you know, like, I understand that. And if I if I crack it open and find a mistake, then I'm just going to feel terrible because there's nothing I can do about it because it's already there. Makes sense. Ah. Uh. Oh, Chris, we um, sincerely appreciate you coming down to uh, chat with us tonight. Um, thanks for letting me ramble. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the most I've talked in 18 months. I had a chat with David Hart, uh, for his podcast for Sketch, and I rambled a bunch then, and like. I have Zoom calls with folks. You know, like, I talk to my in-laws, and I talk to my kids. This is the most that anybody's let me talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're, like, we're, we're not going to go into the movie yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to have you back long before right. another 11 years passes. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this has just been... I. I'm, I'm just I'm just glad you were able to uh, find a time to come in, but uh, we will definitely make the time again soon because um, I'm sure we'll have questions as more issues of uh, firepower and uh, John to come out. But um, if there's anything else you would uh, like to throw out or pimp or let everybody know what you're up to, uh, aside from those two books, um, feel free. All right. Um, you broke up a lot. 
on that one. Am I supposed oh. to pimp now or the next time? In the next eleven years, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you could you could definitely do it now. Pimp away. I mean, Jana is coming out monthly from Oni Press. If I didn't say already, it's with Lor Somni, uh, Matt Wilson, who colors just about everything I do nowadays. Chris Crank is our letterer uh, through Oni Press. Our editor is Zach Soto. He's awesome. Um, Firepower is me and Robert Kirkman. Matt Wilson, again, like he has to color me twice a month. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Matt. And Russ Wooten is our letterer on that book. And uh, it's put out through Skybound slash Image uh, monthly. We started with the prelude where I don't even know how many issues in a dozen. <laughs> twelve, yeah, T- twelve. The twelfth issue came out at the beginning of June, which I'm waiting for in my next uh, box. So I haven't read it yet, but yeah, you've you've gotten twelve to date. All right, so we're twelve issues in. Three trades. Jana issue four just hit. That's the end of our first story arc. We got a new issue coming out next month. I yeah, every, I mean, every, um, I'm at Chris Somni on Twitter, at Chris Somni on Instagram. Uh, combined by eliminate. I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything else. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, do me a favor. Next time you talk to Robert, tell him I said keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep making him look good. I'll text him right now. Yeah. There you go. Tell him Vince says he's sorry for be- prejudging your work and being an asset. So, and if he wants to stop by, you know, give us a call. I'll let him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Chris. Talk to you soon. Say hi to Laura. Yeah, this was fun. This we'll was a do. blast. Thanks for letting me chat your ear off. I hope I didn't say anything dumb. No, not a problem. We That's had a her. ball. Unfortunate, but still valuable, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it doesn't. I, I didn't get the sense that he was having issues hearing us until the very end when he said we were breaking up. So I, I hope he wasn't hearing us in such a garbled way that we were hearing him. Right. Uh, uh, I get uh, the feeling that he was because there are there was uh, points during the conversation where he was still speaking. Uh, mm. On in a different direction while we were asking him. Um, more questions. So yeah, I just think it was the uh, the connection was a, a dumpster fire to begin with. So we're, we're going to try and make lemonade out of it. So yeah, hope we'll have to do is have him back on in a much faster time than eleven years. And uh, right, right, and and you have him on double check that the connection's tight and right, and then have another chat. Yes. When his next when his next thing comes to pass, whatever that may be. Unfortunate, but it happens. Yeah. But I was completely uh, honest when I told him about uh, enjoying firepower so much. I was shocked, and and uh, it, it, <laughs> it pleases me so much to hear that because it's. And I didn't think you know you were going to dismiss it or, or, or judge it without you know ever experiencing it. But I know that. Um, Jason and I, we, 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 we talked about John, we talked about firepower. Um, and because you weren't reading them, you, you, you didn't have anything to chime in with, but, but the fact that you sat down, read them, 
to prepare for Chris yeah. and enjoyed them is what makes my heart sing. Well, I didn't uh, think I would dislike Jana. I mean, just look sure. at it, right? It's it's amazing. It's a visual treat. Um, I you know I latched onto the character. I think the narrative is in tandem with the art. It's a complete package. But where I had some concerns going in was with firepower because I'm fairly well read uh, in Kirkman's uh, catalog up until a certain point, and um, I know what he does to his his darlings. Right, he likes to mangle them and and put them through the ringer. Uh, that, from what I've read in Firepower, isn't a concern yet. <laughs> right. Um, I do think the the reason why I latched onto the book so strongly was because of Chris. If if there were a lesser talent at the helm of that book, I don't think it would be nearly as compelling. But it, it, Chris is a maestro. It's just amazing to look at, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think I think the to evoke the whole Shaw brothers vibe and mm-hmm. all that. I think Chris is the right kind of guy for that as a storyteller. Um. I think about that a lot. I mean, I know we, you guys do too. Probably most comic readers do. But I often find myself when I'm reading a series, like the I do the what if of what if these other artists drew what would it be like? And 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 sometimes it's like, oh, that would be pretty cool. It'd be very different, but it'd be cool. But other times, this being one of those times, most of the other artists I would think of, I think, nah, it would, this book probably wouldn't do much for me. I probably would have read an issue or two and moved on. I think it's the feather in the skybound cap. I mean, listen, I, it's I. I read the. Um, yeah, I finished The Walking Dead. I, I I read up to that. I have the last couple of issues actually, in in, in my possession, and um, I may. Uh, I may give not that he hears it. I may give Kirkman some shit based on things he said in the past, and and um, and just my own personal feelings. But um, if it wasn't for Chris, the chances of me checking out Firepower right. uh, would have been nil. Yeah. I've said it before. I think Kirkman's a malicious writer. Uh, he he will draw you in. I don't think he's a. I think he's a very capable writer. Oh, but, absolutely. But yeah, um, a lot of his uh, reader manipulation strategies are based on bringing harm to characters that he perceives are fan favorites. And uh, in Invincible, the stuff that happens to Eve was just ridiculous, right? And, um, and I thought a lot of it unnecessary. If, if you want readers to care uh, about your character, like, don't maim them. That that's malicious to me. There are other ways in getting your uh, eking emotion out of your your readership without dismembering a character, right? Or or the standard is you know rape. I didn't stick with Invincible uh, to the end, so I don't know if that happens. But what I'm saying is, and like in Walking Dead, yes, it's a it's a it's a post apocalyptic scenario where all bets are off. Um, man has become, in, sen- in a big sense, an animal in order to survive. Uh, and I get it. Nasty, despicable things are going to happen. But I just think it's easy to put a character in mortal danger, um, like Glenn in the TV show, where, mm-hmm. where you know, they faked us out once, 
yeah. then, oh, he's not, it's not going to happen the way it did in the book. Well, it happened the way it did in the book. So I just think it's a, those kind of feints, are, they turn me off because I could see the, the puppeteer strings, you know, just manipulating my emotions and getting me to care in situations that could have been more uh, challengingly presented uh, or more uh, creatively uh, presented. I don't know. I just, um, I, I don't vibe with a lot of, of Kirkman stuff. Um, you know, that just may be me. Who knows? But this, this, I mean, there's heart in it. There's humor. There's, there's compassion. There's, uh, his, his main character is the most balanced character, I think, in the book. He, he knows when not to throw a punch based on anger. And, and, uh, when he's taunted, he doesn't take the bait. And that's, that's a well-developed, admirable, likable character to me. Um, the issue where he gets raped, I'm out. But um, yeah, it, it, for for right now, I think it's a great book. I smile when you say that. I'm not lying. I got I have no no horse in the race. Right. Uh, and and I think that's very important to, which is why I told Chris when 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 I realize I've been uh, wrong, I admit it. Right. No shame in that. I'm not perfect. Uh, Kirkman is doing really good work on Firepower. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, the twelfth issue, I have read it, and it uh, it does wrap up the second arc, and really the first big storyline too, pretty much. The yeah, that's what I've heard. The third arc is going to take us off into a new direction, I think. I, I have the um, I have the preview, but I, I I'm going to wait for the actual issue to hit my hands next. Uh, Maybe next week or the week after, by the time the box gets here. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're only on the twenty fourth, but um, I think it's I, reading the back matter. I think um, I know that I don't know how much of it is for show. They give each other they give each other shit a little bit here and there, writer and artist. But um, I think I think Kirkman knows what he has with Chris. And and is sure. actually you know writing writing stories that play to the uh, to the artist's strengths. I mean, there's no, I we, we didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to ask him, but you know, there the, the speed lines when when Owen is throwing a kick or someone's throwing a punch, and you and and Chris is actually you know other artists who work digitally would use Photoshop to blur the hand movement or the foot, and and obviously Chris is is using pencil and ink to 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 get that motion across and um it's 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 a great looking book and you feel everything that's happening on the page and and i think i do think that that this is a creative team that works really well i'm not saying that brubaker and phillips but i think these this creative team works really well together with this particular story i think one of the takeaways for me in talking to chris was the way he actually downplayed his his talents and uh, he's know, always been like that though. yeah but that doesn't register with me um, uh, I, 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 on the one hand I believe it because it's coming out of his mouth and he seems sincere when he was saying it but to be as good as he is and not realize it I mean I don't know man it, it, he's the, the guy's incredible um, I think and, you can be self-deprecating and also realize that you're good though like I don't know that it's right I mean he's not you know he's saying oh I'm the best out there he's not that's definitely not Chris, but to you know, to, to at least uh, he does seem confident in his work. But uh, maybe I'm elevating 
the guy. I, I just think there are very, very few uh, artists out there that can rival Chris. I mean, as someone who is steeped in the OA game, I'm of the opinion that any artist that hoards their own art does not lack in confidence. And so he's keeping all his art for later sale, or is he yep. going to? No, I, I, well, is well, it, is yeah, it for I mean, later not, sale, like, or is it just because you know? Well, I, I think because he knows he said before, and as other that, that he believes that later in later in time it will be worth more. And so, if, if his family needs it, or his kids need it, or want it, or yeah, it. okay. Yeah. So yeah. is that why uh, he inks his own work so he gets all of the? Marvel oh, stuff back. Sure. I also think. I mean, well, his, I, we, his visual process is so steeped in the inking, right? Like, like he said, he barely pencils now. I mean, right? Yeah. He, so it's pretty yeah. much straight. There. I mean, I, I know. You know, that's know really Andy's. smart, though. That that's because what if Firepower? I mean, the chances of Firepower either becoming a series or a, a film are is very good, right? With with Kirkman at the helm, if anybody can get a thing made. It's Kirk. It's true. I mean, Kirkman's had uh, three things made, uh, right. made into stuff already. So, so the the chances of that happening are good. And then the original art, sometime in the future, maybe ten, whatever, twenty years, those pages are going to be astronomical. Just because he doesn't sell them, and the fact that I'm I'm guessing it's from a popular TV show and or movie. So, I mean, yeah. it's just smart to sell. I mean, like, he and Laura have to be incredibly fiscally con- uh, responsible because, right. um, you know, I mean, the, the simple fact is most artists sell their art because they supplement their income with it. It's, you know, it's, they get double, they get the pay, paid for the page twice, which is fantastic. But but there's no doubt that, that uh, unless you're a fly-by-night artist who has a taste and then moves on and falls out of the mythos, which Somni's clearly transcended that, I think to be able to hold onto your art is smart. I mean, even now, if he just decided, like, if his kids are young, but if, if in 10 years his kids are heading off to college and he's got three tuitions to pay, I, he's yeah. going to be far better off to have had these pages because right. smart. he'll be able to parcel them out for thousands of dollars a page instead of 100 or 200 which he would have charged. You know, if he was selling his, his, his Capote pages a decade ago, he would have gotten 100 bucks a page for them. Right. right? I mean, now would he get probably 1000 a page? So, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a page from Capote from from. I mean, if he was selling yeah, it back then, yeah. it, it's and you know and. I mean, cap pages were what between like five and five and eight hundred each, maybe or give or take. Well, he, he went through the, he went the eBay route, so it was it was right. whatever the highest bidder was, and he did say that you know one of the issues sold whole, um, so you know that the feeling yeah. more or less. But yeah. it, it's it's it, it, I mean, yeah, I do think. Um, that yeah, fiscally responsible. I do believe Chris and Laura really are. Uh, there's a um, yeah. I don't know. I'm on his newsletter, but I, how often? How often is his commission list open? Like maybe twice a year. I you know I I got to be honest. I don't even that sounds right, but I don't. I'm not. I mean I know Justin's always champing at the bit to get on it, and and uh, we, we'll we'll get the email and we'll share it with with the team, but. Um, it's yeah i um and i know obviously with, with with two ongoings right now i don't know how um how fast his turnaround time is with his commissions i don't know i, I don't know if he's got any on back order. i don't know if he's got a backlog i don't know if there are people who yeah who uh 
chimed in last fall or whatever and may still be, you know. He, he, I feel he like still the dude's got a pretty robust work ethic, so yeah, I, I do the sense he's not way behind on his commissions like some other artists I could, I could <laughs> yes, blow up. You could. Ah, uh, that's true. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I have my piece thanks to you, Jason, and uh, it's, 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 um, you know, I know I, I envy Christopher for having that that Cap and Bucky piece that that Chris did way back when. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, if, if you have a Somni piece, congrats. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have one. I mean, I, I yeah, I did. I do not have one, so I, you're you guys are you got that you got a leg up on me. <laughs> you got a captain for yourself too. Um, ah, no, nah, I mean uh, that would be like the biggest douche move ever. Like, <laughs> but I didn't know. Totally I didn't uncharacteristic. Know, but, but, I showed up in your house. You'd be like, oh, all of a sudden, you like look at my calf and you see I have a Chris Somni Nexus page, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Would be like the only douchier move would be to be like, oh, Vince, check out this cur- this uh, commandy page I came up on. <laughs> I mean, like, but it's affordable. It's going to Vince. I'm not keeping it. I forgot to ask him if he had a piece in the upcoming Skybound 10. Uh, I did, too. Yeah. I thought about that. Because I think, because the only two issues I bought, like I said, were the um, the, the the Trigger Keaton and uh, Ultra Mega. And I think if I had seen a story featuring firepower i would have also ordered that issue and and of the five i don't recall seeing a firepower i do not see his name listed here in the okay solicits well skybound uh 10 though vince huge at least to i think huge news uh your mileage may vary but i humongous news i think today out of that listen you're the fact that it was announced some time ago when Skybound X was being talked about that there would be a Tilly Walden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've since expounded she is going to be in, in Skybound X, but uh, 10. But but uh, but that's a pre- precursor to a deal she just signed where she is going to be adapting uh, YA graphic novels for set in the Walking Dead universe featuring <laughs> Clementine, who... What? Yeah, so Clementine from the Telltale Games, who was the protagonist of those games, which I loved, um, Tilly Walden's going to do uh, three, at least three YAGNs set in what the Walking Dead universe, focused on Clementine. That's insane! Isn't that nuts? I Young mean, that is it is crazy. Uh, uh hey, um, more power to them. Um, I'm, I'd be interested to see, you know, exactly how that turns out, but. It's a man. It's a dark world. Just to it somehow it's, adapt it's, that for young readers is going to be tough. No, I know. I know. I mean, I, Tilly Walden has certainly written dark stuff before, but but right. It's but but being focused on YA, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm intrigued. I got to put, put my eye on that. Uh, it's yeah, and also in the pages of Skybound X is more Murder Falcon. I saw that. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. that I didn't. Right. You see the Beta Ray Bill collection is a friggin' trade paperback? Of course yep. it is. What the yeah, hell is wrong with Marvel? followed by that, yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it bums me out, honestly. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't... To be honest, I mean, why would you... their, their single-volume trades 
are pathetic. I, I the, mean, the, you, the, the cover stock, it, it just rolls. Um, I, you would think I've, I've given away in care packages or will be giving away in care packages. Like I, that is a form factor that I have absolutely no interest in keeping. Oh, totally. Anymore. Totally. Yeah. What kills yeah. me is that, you know, so, so now why would you not, if, 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 if I'm somebody who would be responsible for these kind of things at, at Marvel, why would you not look at dead earth and go, yeah, I want my Marvel work. I want this guy's Marvel work. To go right next to Dead Earth, which is in that nice, slightly oversized hardcover. Right. It, it just it makes no sense to me. And and Daniel's such a nice guy. He probably like, oh, cool, trade paperback. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he probably yeah. doesn't even think twice about it. But uh, you know that speaks to the the childlike nature of DWJ. Um, ah, yeah. If I was the editor on that project, he would be in a a giant hardcover treasury size masterpiece with. Uh, acetate covers like the whole roll out the red carpet for this dude but uh unfortunately i am not that person uh, i don't know it just seemed very very odd to me but such is the way yeah but yeah props to chris awesome stuff yeah i like when people seem to f- just be able to find their own path DWJ is another one of those. Sky right. is one of those. Yeah. People where they, they 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 decide how they want their work and career to be structured, and they just go and do it. They don't ask permission. They don't worry about well, if I do it this way, am I going to get as many opportunities, or am I going to? They just have enough confidence in their in their own talent that they 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 will it into being. And and Somni seems to be that same kind of cat. You know, he yeah. he. He works on projects that excite him and that give him joy uh, at a pace that makes sense to him. And he and his family find a way to make that work financially. And, and that's that. You know, he's not. Right. Because I'm not going to put people on blast, but we know creators. We, we There's some that we, we consider friends that we, we adore their work and and often in a private moment lament like, man, like they just are always rotating under these book after book and they don't really get to make their mark. And if only they had the chance to. To, to just def- make a defining point in their career where they just go at something for more than four issues, right? And, right. And it's easier said than done. It's it's easy to, to backseat quarterback that. I mean, I'm not the I'm not in their shoes. I don't have bills. To, you know, I don't pay my bills that way. I don't have I, I don't I don't have the constraints and pressures that come with navigating that world as a freelancer. So it, I'm sure it's not as easy as all that, but, but because it's probably not easy, it really does impress me when, when I see someone like a, like Somni or DWJ just saying, no, no, this is what, this is how I'm going to do it. And they just, they just do it that way and it works. Well, that wouldn't be possible had they not put in the time they were in the trenches. Uh, they've done the work, they've gained the following. So they have the luxury of being able to pass on projects yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, and and it's interesting that we're talking about Daniel Warren Johnson because I think he and and Chris are uh, of the same stripe. Like they they have a, a a sizable amount of people that follow them from project to project. And if if Daniel Warren Johnson, who's still relatively young, uh, chooses to work at Marvel, then then great. But I think there's going to come a time where he realizes that he's far too good to be working on characters uh, 
with which he doesn't have a financial stake. Like, it's great to draw Beta Ray Bill and do a story, and, you know, you, there, there's some kind of comfort that comes from doing a Beta Ray Bill story or a Silver Surfer tale or, you know, oh, I get to work on Batman for six issues. This is awesome. But, like, Chris, Chris, I think, has realized that he has a means to make himself a, a, a good living working with guys like Kirkman, in which he has half, you know, uh, the, the the stake in the book. Um, it, it's probably uh, fun for him to work on a Marvel book, but come on, he's probably making, I would guess, much more on Firepower than he would at Marvel. I mean, not only now, but in the future, should that thing strike and and become something beyond the comic book page like he stands to make a good amount of money from firepower and i think chris is, has achieved um a level of of artistry where yeah he shouldn't be working on things he doesn't own like why put in the time for somebody else when you're this freaking good yeah you know and and i'm i'm sure these guys come into comics wanting to draw spider-man or wanting to draw captain america and that's a that's a good goal but i think they've both surpassed that now you know and drawing for marvel and dc is not a bad thing but when mm -hmm. you're daniel warren johnson and chris somney i think those days are gone right you've achieved godlike status <laughs> choose your projects accordingly right but I can't speak for them because I'm not those gentlemen. But if if I was a virtuoso on a on a on a page like Daniel Warren Johnson, I would not be worrying about what's going on at Marvel and DC. I'd be hunting down the big guns at Image and like, hey, let's do a project, my man, and you know, make your mark. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Firepower Number Four sold around twenty thousand copies. So you know. That's, it's good, good money at Image. Not, not getting rich, but but it's paying the bills, right? But the there's uh, a time release fuse on Firepower, a, the, a potential time release fuse. If anything happens to that book, other I mean beyond the comics comics page, there's there's gold in them hills, right? Yeah. I mean, if if, if Image slash Skybound is smart, and and, and I think they are, um, once the uh, I could see previews if Diamonds is still around at the time. Uh, I, I could see, I could see maybe them doing a push to for the for the collected editions for for, for the for, for the prelude. Once once uh, Shang Chi hits the the, the theaters, yeah, uh, what's to stop Kirkman from saying, "Hey, we have our own martial arts hero." And these are, you know, these are all the books we have available at the moment. And it's it's very easy to, I, I'm, I'm sure Marvel will do that with the omnibus as the as, as the movie gets closer. Same thing with you know with 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 Dave's Iron Fist mini. They the, the, they can push that uh, that collection. It, it's I, it's very, I I love the fact that it's a um, that it is. It is creator-owned. Chris isn't doesn't have to wait for someone else to pimp it and and say, hey, you know, check this out. And I, he mentioned, it, the speaking of the back matter, he was talking about how uh, I guess somebody tweeted at him that uh, 
they were wearing a firepower t-shirt and and you know and, and that's 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 a shirt that has chris's artwork on it and he was he was involved in the making of that t-shirt for you know providing the artwork and 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 approving things whereas you know if if um if someone has a coffee mug with his thor the mighty avenger work or a black widow from that run uh or a t-shirt he's not going to know the big two does not really tell an artist you know we're using your image for for uh for our t-shirt or our notebook or anything like that and and by the way here's one for you just you know gratis because you know it, it's your work on it and um that's unfortunate it, it that 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 part of the big two machine does bum me out that if if you're going to produce merchandise and you know, I, why should someone walk through Target? Uh, why should Phil Hester walk through Target and and see a Green Arrow image on a hoodie um, on his own in, instead of someone from DC saying, "Hey, you know, here, here's here's a few cents because we're using one of your covers from the Kevin Smith run uh, as as the back of of a sweatshirt and." Um, just just circling back, it's it's it, it was touched on between Robert and 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 Chris, like I said in in RC Coda, where they were talking about you know what what the big two does for for their creators, and and again you know listen, I I still yes if if you know I always think about Dan Slott or even Neil Gaiman uh, or Grant Morrison, where they're like you know they they've created characters, they've created things that are going to live on beyond them. If, if, uh, if someone else wants to run away with, with a character that, that slot created in, in Spider-Man, um, and use them in their great lakes Avengers reboot, you know, that's, they have that ability to, but if it's a dance slot creation, that dance slot took to the creator own run. And once Dan, is no longer around. No one's going to pick up that that character and 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 have a go with it. What is that worth? What is what worth? The having your characters exist beyond your lifespan. When you're at, gone, it when you don't own them, to you. But right. it's it's. But if if okay, so if 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 um if someone's if if one of Chris's kids reads an issue. A random Marvel or DC book, and they latch onto a character, and and that moves them to want to work in comics or create their own characters. I, it, it's it's I just I, it's just part of me thinking. You know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't help you. It, it may not necessarily help your bank account or or. Uh, which, which again, I mean that that sucks. But if it, if it, if you create something that someone sees in a Spider-Man book, and that touches them, and that sparks something in them that they wouldn't have normally seen, because they don't read Savage Dragon, and and you know it's something that Eric Larson created, then I don't, I, it's I, I don't know what the downside is. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So 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 Dan 
only gets whatever he gets because that's what his Marvel contract is. But more eyes saw that than they would have if, you know, Dark Horse brought back the legend imprint and that's where Dan Slott got to tell his story. It's it's I just I I just I'm looking for a reason why I'm looking for things to continue. And 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 yes, I absolutely believe somebody should be compensated and you should be recognized for something you created, something that adds value. But I also look at it like, you know, Disney may not necessarily, you know, the, the people who worked on Snow White, Bambi, or Cinderella way back when, um, you know, they drew on cells and, and were part of a cartoon. But what, you know, do you know their names? Do you, whereas it's, I don't know, there, there's no... I don't have anything. I, I I don't have an answer. I just I just want someone to open up a comic, read a comic, and just have their mind blown. And and whether that I just want I just want creativity to to, to continue to be sparked and and move on. I don't necessarily doesn't really. I'm not so concerned as to who brought you that story that lit that fire in your ass. I just like to see that fire lit full stop. Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you, you approach it from a romantic angle because you're you, right? Uh, But, um, I, I just think the, the days of, of work for hire, that's a dead end. Right, uh, my feelings about Kirkman aside, the guy nailed it right on the head when he in his Kirkman manifesto when he says, "Do your time, get a following, get the hell out, start making your own stuff." But well, and yet most of them, most of them went back. Right, I that's mean, what I'm saying. Like, like, I mean, I, I, like, I, I think the Kirkman manifesto has proven itself to be bullshit because right. it's just like someone saying, "I'll be like Michael Jordan." Like the Kirkman manifesto worked because it was Robert Kirkman. Right. Like in but it has stuff. worked like, for other one, other people too. It, it worked for a small window of time, and then most of them said, "Oh, it doesn't work anymore, and we're going back." I mean, look, Hickman's running the X books. I mean, like they still do creator owned, but the truth is, very few image books support creator owned. Like they don't make a, they don't make a t- most of them don't make anything near what they could make getting top page rates at DC or Marvel. It's just not like we're talking not even ten books at, at an image a, a month of pay creators enough to to make an economic decision that it was smart to leave now now so, if you want to argue that they also then own the stuff so yeah if they can sell it and they can get it then that's a whole different ball of wax and and we are in a very robust time for that there's a trillion companies trying to own content for streaming and for archiving for streaming so so it is a robust time to own ip so i'm not suggesting it's not sure. a smart long-term decision but i don't think the idea of like i just don't like i just don't think that model's as as uh, a no brainer as it sounded like you were trying to make it out to be. But I, it, I don't... in every arena, there that's the 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 comic book industry mirrors everything else, like in music or film or or publishing. Like there, you're going to have your lightning strikes, and you're going to sure. have your also rans. That's just the way things work. But what I'm saying yeah, is, look at look at look at you, you have ownership from jump. You may not have the percentage of ownership you want. But from the moment you start, you get signed by a label, you know that your your goal is to get 
through your requisite three studio albums so you can get your masters or you can get your your rate raised and get a new deal like like the the idea of ip ownership is instantiated in in all those other forms whereas in comics it's not right like you write a novel you, you own the novel like you you're you may get get paid in advance from the publisher but you you own the novel you own anything that happens to the novel's ip from jump um so like it, I just think it's different. Like the the, the comics industry is well, is more like animation. I think the animation analogy is better because like, um, you know, if you I listened to uh, Felix, our buddy Felix had uh, had an episode. He does them pretty sporadically these days, but he had an episode recently with Andy Beal, who is one of well was one of Pixar's uh, top guys uh, animators and. Andy's done a ton of huge movies. Uh, he's been the lead lead animator in a number of of huge Pixar movies. He was also one of the lead animators in the Iron Giant. And yet, we know. I mean, like not not even a one point one percent of people that have seen those movies know who Andy Beal is. And Andy, I'm sure, was paid handsomely by by Disney Pixar to make those films. But but he doesn't own them. He he has no IP in them. So like, but but what's his alternative? Like he, he's he's an animator. He doesn't have you, you, if you, I mean, working for Pixar is the pinnacle. There is no, I'm going to go make my own animated film. Like it just doesn't. There is no outlet for that. So, like at least in comics, there it, it is a more realistic decision to make. Like you have to, re, you have to really do. You can, you have to debate the pros and cons. It's not. It, it is definitely not like a, a a decision of well, I have no choice. But but it's still not like. I mean, even like even Fleece, right? Like like this. We know Stray Dogs treated he. And his partner, well, Trish, but, but like, you know, they're not they're not making Kirkman money. He's not buying a Bugatti. Like, he's still got to pay his bills. He's got to find his next job. You know, it's he's he got he's got to make sure that he's got that pony money rolling in or another job. Like, like you know, I mean, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm set now. I can, I can, I can pay off my mortgage. So it's just, it's tricky. Like, it's not, you know, it, it's. I just think we we just I think we sometimes overplay and over romanticize the economics of doing your own stuff. Like for for me, the flip side of of Kirkman when it comes to big two uh, is Bendis. Uh, here's somebody who okay yeah I mean he, he he did Powers with with Oming and you know he did Jinx and he played around with Todd's characters with Sam and Twitch but but it wasn't you know he he, he comes to Marvel. And he does Ultimate Spider-Man, and then he gives us Miles Morales. Where you know how many, how many tweets, how many messages, how many social media videos have you seen where some young mother took her kid to see Into the Spider-Verse, and it's like, no, there's a Spider-Man that my kid can relate to, and and you know, and and, and if Bendis and Pacelli or uh, Marquez, if, if if they didn't create that for Marvel. You know, then who who would that have touched? It, it's it's so so yeah, Vince. I get it. You know, I, I yeah, I'm see, romanticizing it, but it's yeah. It's and I'm still- not saying you're wrong. I'm I'm just my mind, my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, I, I I'm I know I realize that you care about stuff like that, but the fact that some mother saw this character and relates to it, and her children relate to it. And I'm sure Bendis was paid, you know, very handsomely for that. But the fact that this thing, this this IP, is connecting with people, why does that concern you? Why do, why does that give you comfort? It, it it that doesn't make sense to me. 
Wait, do you mean why does it concern David, or like why? No, I know hard? why it can. I know why it concerns David because David cares. Uh, you know, he's just a very caring person. But the well, fact don't you think a lot of people that create things, they create them for consumption. They want people. They oh, want sure, the I get Affirmation that. of them being seen and enjoyed. I mean, that's imp- that's an important part of it. Right? I, I understand like, that, but like the 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 fact that Sonic the Hedgehog means a lot to Jimmy down the street. Right, uh-huh. and he loves the character. He runs around the house pretending he's Sonic. That's good for Jimmy, but the people that own Sonic, the people that worked on Sonic, aren't—they're—they're they're not adequately compensated for bringing that joy to this child because they don't own the character, right? And the fact that you take solace in 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 this child enjoying this—that's that's wonderful, right? But I don't see how that would even register with you. Maybe I'm just too cold, right? Well, I think it's also table stakes, right? I mean, I, I would imagine if you're a key grip and you've been a key grip on a number of films that have been blockbusters or won Academy Awards, you take pride in that. And you, and you probably sit at the dinner table and say, yeah, I had a part a, a part in making that movie, which, which, you know, I was the key grip in Titanic and fucking... You know, 50 million people went and saw that in the theater and loved it. And it's one of their favorite movies of all time. Like, that's awesome. And, like, you might be saying, well, who gives a shit? Like, you got paid a union wage. It didn't matter if it was Swamp, you know, Swamp Creatures from Mars or Titanic. And, but, right. like, but, to, but, but I think part of it's a, I mean, I think we all are on a journey of affirmation, right? I mean, I mean, generally speaking, we all kind of, we have a very finite place in the history of the earth. And we do try to, in some way, go to bed at night thinking that we we're here for a purpose uh, you know whether and and for some the purpose is as identifiable and 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 affirming to to your being and other for other people and frankly probably too many people it's disappointment in that they don't think they are serving a purpose as good as they had hoped and like you know for some people the purpose could be i i put food on the table for my family and that's that's all i could ever ask for for other people it's like i want millions of people to enjoy what i create like i don't like I think it's totally normal human nature to to find to 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 justify your life's work um, in whatever way you can. And and for for creatives, especially for commercial creatives, I think one of the obvious ways they can convince themselves they mattered was viewership and sustainability. Right? Like like Iron Giant was a, was a commercial flop. Right? Like like that film didn't it lost money for the studio. It was a, it right. was a, it was a bad decision. But in the 20 years since, it's become an absolute fave of, of not just of fans, but of, of, of the industry. I mean, the industry speaks of that film like it's a, 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 like it's a high watermark. So, like, you know, if, you're, if you were one of the dudes that did storyboards for it, like, I could see taking pride in that. Like, as you look back on it and say, like, oh, shit, like, man, I had a hand in that. And it's one of it's, – it's an entire generation's favorite animated film. That's pretty neat. You know, like, yeah, you're right. Vincent, like it doesn't when he's on his deathbed, it's it's not going to pay for his for his his chemotherapy. But but like it it's still mad. I mean, like it still, I think, matters more than just being like, well, anything. It's pretty nihilistic to be like, well, I don't give a fuck about like what anyone else thinks of my work. Like, well, then why do it in the first place? Like, like it's it's hard to live a purely self-creative existence like and, and actually make a make a living wage. Right. I mean, not not many people have the position where they can just sit at home and create and and for the sake of it and not worry about anything else like we don't live in a utopian society so i don't yeah. know yeah. like it seems pretty normal to me to 
to to convince yourself that your your works matter yeah um i guess i'm just wired differently i don't know yeah i think that's true yeah uh i mean if if i created a comic uh whole cloth wrote it illustrated it um oversaw the publishing and it managed to click with a bunch of people i'd be like okay well i i've i've done that like let's keep doing it you know like this show uh the fact that we have a listenership doesn't concern me at all the fact that i need to produce a thing every week that that's where my mind resides right like we have to do this to the best of our ability every week because anything less is letting myself down, but the fact that there it, it has a life beyond me doesn't concern me at all. I mean, I hear you say that, but I don't think that's true. Like, I think it's I, very I, true. If that were true, you wouldn't you wouldn't do care packages, and you wouldn't participate on the Slack channel, and you wouldn't give love to the slackers or have conversations with them or want to talk to them when we're at cons. Like I don't like if that were true, you would be if if what you were saying was a hundred percent valid. You would be completely dis- detached from anything that happens after you hit the publish button. Like you wouldn't even want to know. Like you would have zero interest in knowing who listens when people send us. Th- it would none of that would matter to you. It would be inconsequential to you. Other than the Slack, uh, because those are friends, right? Um, and the care package ties into that. But they're only friends because of their of their listening to over many years our show and enjoying the output. Oh, I yeah, I get that. I get it. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just don't put that much stock in the uh, to get back to the Marvel and DC the formula where something lives longer than you, like. That that you certainly don't you certainly wouldn't like uh, I don't know if you've read it yet but you certainly wouldn't like uh, Donny Cates and and uh, and uh, Jeff Shaw's crossover. What book was it? Crossover. Oh no, I didn't read it yet. Because the opening of that book is essentially taking the opposite tack, which is basically saying that Superman is more important to the world than you are. You mean like the the person read the reader because their life is more important because Superman sustains. When we're long gone off the face of the earth, people will still know who Superman is. They'll still care right. about yeah. the history of Superman, what's happened, what's going to happen. It, it, it that Superman matters pretty much to to the to the earth way more than than most individual humans that actually some rando, yeah. And I think that's true. And you've talked about the power of myth yeah. and lore. It, it, I mean, it's true, but the two gentlemen that created Superman didn't see a, a, a tiny fraction. Listen, yeah, no, I can, I can absolutely say but they without, still a, take without a fact. fact they were the creators that well, they're dead. I'm saying, but they, yeah. but you know that like they, they still like it. It still matters to them. They still know that Superman exists because of them, right? Yeah, they were treated extremely shitty, but they still created something that touches so many, and and you know is as silly as it may sound. It it you know that image gives people hope. It's something that kids will look at and be like, you know, I I want to do good because Superman does good as as. Again, silly as that may be, but yeah, two 
two Jews who got shat on, uh, they birthed it and were able to, you know, we're taking advantage of that and, and we're, we're, we're glad it exists, but I, I would so give anything to make sure that they were treated fairly and, and got their, got what they deserved when they created it while they were alive. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say, I, I mean, we're, I kind of, we're kind of debating this, but I, I really do fall in more into the middle, which is to say, kind of like I was saying about Ellis bringing fell back. Like I, I'm, I'm cool with like whatever floats someone's boat, man. Like if, if, if if you get affirmation from the fact that your work is is going to persist beyond you, and you don't, even though you don't get financial remuneration, who am I to say that's wrong? But similarly, if if it's going to eat at you that you created something that's making a big corporation a ton of money, and you you it 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 it, it vexes you that you don't get a taste of that every time you see a poster or a TV show or a or a, a sticker across the t- yeah i don't that more power to you too like i can't tell people how they should feel about their own life's life's path like that's i don't think there's a right or wrong way about it like you got to come everyone's got to come to terms with their own existence man like you know and 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 i would say if 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 you're the kind of person who who is going to be bothered by um your creativity being used to profit others besides yourself then yeah you should focus your the sum total of your energies on creator owned works um, whether that ends up being better or worse for you financially, that's that's going to give you mental happiness. And likewise, I can't get too mad at a lot of the people who we could name names, but we won't, who have decided they're going to make their their careers just punching a clock at Marvel and DC every month and getting paid a, a, a living wage for it and and making okay money, but but never getting rich. But like if it gives them solace and satisfaction and they go to bed happy and proud of their work, then I think that's fine too. Like I don't, I just don't think like. Like, you know, I make a lot of choices in how I live my life that I'm sure some people think are obtuse or hard to understand. And others probably say, yeah, that's how I would live my life, too. So I presume that of everybody. Live your life, man. Whatever whatever floats your boat, do it. As long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah, I'm. well, I'm not saying uh, – I'm not wagging the finger at these dudes for working at Marvel DC. Yeah, no, yeah if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I wish – I guess I reacted so viscerally to your statement is that I wish the Kirkman manifesto was more legitimate. Like I wish that everybody that had the time and inclination and courage to go to image and do a creator own book could make at least as much as they were making at the big two. Sadly, that isn't the case. You know, I mean, that's even, even, even successful people like Scotty and Lemire, right? They, they've, they, they, not every one of their books is sustainable, so they have to move on. I mean, you know, Bully Wars with Aaron Conley, you know how I got love for Aaron Conley, how I introduced Aaron to Scotty. Like, they they, they, they know each other and did a book together because I introduced them. So I, I had a very emotional vested interest in that book, and the book was a commercial flop. And so they had to wrap it up with it for eight issues or whatever it was, because not not because that was the plan, but because the market didn't support it. And, like, that's just the reality of things, you know? Um I mean, I, I was, I'm, I was, you know, Scotty's eaten, so I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not crying for him, but I'm saying, you know, it's, 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 it's a bummer. I, I, right. I mean, Tony's finally he got hit with stray dogs. That's awesome, but right, he had his, he had his, his time travel book, which couldn't even, you know, as he said on our show. So I'm not talking out of school. It, it didn't sell enough to even really justify printing it, right? So like, I mean, um, it's, it's hard out there, man. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the manifesto is the best case scenario. 
Yeah, yeah. There's there's no equation, right? Yeah. Um, the readership is fickle, regardless of of where your book is published. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in theory, though, it does seem there there is merit to his assumptions, right? Do your time, get your following, get out. Time, build up. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I mean, I mean, it, 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 but it is interesting, right? Because like, it's this weird. It's almost like the snake eating its tail. Because let's say we were. I don't remember if we were talking before or after we pressed record about the announced Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman creator own book, and um, and that's an interesting one because Donny, on one hand, he he went to Marvel and he became a really big deal, and now he's doing creator own, but. On the other hand, like he never stopped doing creator owned, and he got a job at Marvel because of creator owned, right? So, like, did he follow the manifesto? I'm not sure. Like, like if he's if he was walking away from Marvel and never going back, which is the Kirkman. I mean, Kirkman's manifesto was put in your time into your name and then never go back because keep every penny that you make. Right. And I just don't know any that follow that, right? Because, like, again, like Cates has never left creator owned, and I don't think he's leaving. Scott Snyder has never left creator owned, but he's still at DC. Same with Tom King. Same with, you know, uh, I mean, just most of these guys, like like Lemire, same thing. So I, I don't, I, Scotty, same thing. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know how many of these guys have actually followed it, meaning that they left Marvel and DC never to return. I mean, Fraction did it for a while, and now he's back. Uh, Hickman did it for a while, now he's back. So it's like, I don't know, man, like, who other than Kirkman has really followed the Kirkman model where like you go there, you get your name up and then you never come back. Like that's the part, like never come back. And to be fair to like Bendis, when Bendis, when the manifesto went viral, I remember Bendis doing a, uh, a, a word balloon episode and him saying, you know, listen, I all respect to Robert, but I think he's totally off base because why do you have to pick? Why can't you do both? Like we live yeah. in a world where we can do like as a writer, you can do both. I can I can make my independent books and I can work for Marvel and DC. And I think the guys who have been the most successful in the subsequent decade outside of Kirkman have followed that. Like there there's no one more successful commercially in comics right now, in mainstream comics outside of Kirkman than Lemire. And Lemire has done a masterful job of balancing creator and stuff that he draws creator stuff that he writes and big two stuff you know and like and mainstream stuff so like i just i don't know i think there's well, no in all these examples the guys that are doing both are writers it's not feasible sure. for an artist to work both but sides kirkman of the... is a writer kirkman was talking to writers right but um but yeah so i think it's more uh the possibilities for artists are um i mean ryan otley became famous because of invincible what's he doing now right yeah. Been a Marvel, right? I mean, I, like I like I hear you. I'm just saying, like like artists especially. I mean, the trick with artists is if you're a writer, you can do both. Sure, you can't do both if you're an artist. But also as an artist, it's harder to make that leap because sure. you don't know. You, you got to get a page rate. You don't know if 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 the trade's going to sell. Um, I think it's so much harder for artists, right? For that reason, they can. I mean, Somni's inhuman. He can do two books at a time. I don't know how he does that, but. Um, <laughs> They're not fast enough to do two books at a time, and who is? It's tricky. And most artists today, what do they do? Eight, ten issues a year, really? Like they don't even have time to do twelve issues. It seems so. Yeah, it's super hard for artists. I, I mean, I don't even, I don't even think manifesto is being directed towards artists generally. With the creator-owned stuff, I mean, you know, you're only doing 
well, Chris being the exception, you're doing one issue a month, you're, or that's the issue you're working on. That's where all your focus is. With 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 big two, especially Marvel, with the twice or three times a month shipping, it's like no, that's that's you're burning out your artist. You're 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 not getting, you're not giving. I feel you're not giving the readers. You're not giving the fans the best of what you could do because you know oh here's here's a six issue story first two issues are drawn by someone else the next three are drawn by someone else and then the fourth uh, the 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 last issue is drawn by you know someone completely different that style isn't even complimentary so i it's i get it you know you got to sell your work you got to sell the book it's got to make it on the shelf so therefore you know we're going to crowd everyone else out and we're going to make sure you know our books are on the shelf and people can see them and buy them but how is that just that's where I, I'm lost because that's where you lose me where I get it. It's a business. You want to make sure you're getting paid and, and people can find your books on the shelf. But then I get home and I read it and it's a complete mess because the style of the artwork is completely different than what came before it and what's going to come after it. And and that's it, it's so with image with with dark horse whether it's jeff and, and the black hammer stuff or it, it's it's black label stuff or hill house where you know you just have one person or a creative team working on one thing at a time that's i appreciate that I, I i look forward to that i want one cohesive or standard vision um I understand why Marvel does what they do, but it it doesn't. As as a reader, as a comic book fan, I I, I definitely feel some kind of way about it. There we go. It's the beauty of being a comic fan. We all see it in different ways. It's true that. I mean, we've always known Dap was the most romantic of us. <laughs> By far, <laughs> fucking Cyrano de Bergerac over here. Seriously. Oh my god. Vince is like Groucho Marx. No, he's no, like, I, I. He's like, he's like, I never want to be part of a club that would invite me. Seriously, yeah. but I love it when when Dap says, "I'm glad there's people reading this book," and I think in my head, "The fuck do you care?" But that's Dap. Yeah, he's being genuine, though. Oh, he's been, that's the thing. That's the honesty and the emotion from Dap. That's valuable to me. Uh, I, if we were all yeah, alike, I mean, it would I'm be very boring. Regard. Like I don't. I, it's not that I'm. Not that I ever like cringe when Dap says it or think, "Why do you think no, that?" But no, I, no, no. But my well, mind doesn't work that way. Like I, I don't. I care that my friends or like people that listen to the show enjoy what we talk about. Like if I get on the show and say, "Holy shit, that book was incredible! You all need to read it." Right. I, I do want to. I do hope that majority of people that then take my advice and spend their hard-earned money to read the book enjoy it. That that I do care about. But in terms of people I don't know, I don't even think about for a second do other people like it. Like I don't care if a book gets a two or a 10 in right. comic book roundup right because other people loved or hated it it's just what i thought of it i don't yeah, right. you know yeah i'm on so, i'm more on that side of the fence yeah yeah all right you're a cold hearted fuck. this is true <laughs> hey everybody thank you very much for listening to this once again we hope you come back next time in the meantime remember Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, dcbservice.com, where you get your books, get them fast, get delivered right to your door for a fraction. Image, ant number one, Eric Larson, $1.99. Marvel, Defenders, number one of five. Al Ewing, Javier Rodriguez, 
$1.99. And continuing the trend, $1.99 will bring you home the dead box. But you don't have to bring it back, unlike the red box rentals. This is yours to keep. Uh, Mark Russell, Bentisma, Vault Comics, go get it. In the meantime, uh, I caught up on Ultra Mega. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll be totally honest. I had to go back and read the first issue over again. Because oh, okay. I, I started issue two, and it is so different than what has come before. It is a complete sea change. And I, I was like, wait a minute. What the hell's going on here? Pause. Reread the first issue. Oh, okay. Now I, I know what the, I'm reading here because uh, it uh, the protagonist is now Noah. Noah is the son of the uh, mm. the late great Ultra Mega. Yeah. Remember when the wife was holding up the baby and the the the, the streets filled with kaiju blood and the the kaiju blood uh, solidified and mom died, but. Uh, Little little boy was saved. A grisly fate picked up by the uh, emergency crews and grows to be um, initially a, a makeshift uh, ultra mega. And he is trying to just stay alive in a world uh, teeming with these uh, creatures beholden to the uh, the big bads, uh, the uh, the 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 master kaijus and it's 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 insane what uh heron drops on the page it uh, this is another guy where i'm like man you are really special you're so freaking good um he can do as we've seen in this book and other books he can do balls out ridiculously detailed action where you have a giant character being thrown into a building and yet he's equally uh, adept at the the subtleties of um, the darkness and the uh, the decay in this world. The the kaiju minions are pricks. They are just. Uh, we know that the kaiju curse affected human organisms. So these things running around were once human, and yet they are totally bereft of any any shred of humanity. They're just pricks uh just despicable monsters um and you see that in this book and even the uh like the republican party even the the characters that were working for the uh the kaiju cult behind the scenes they're just used abused and then discarded when when something uh of grave uh import uh hits these characters they're just discarded like like used tissues they they they're just heartless, despicable characters, um, and they they treat their underlings as such, just animals. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a very uh, complete, um, very immersive world that that Heron has created here. Uh, the fact that it it is uh, uh, extrapolated from Ultraman. Let's be honest, right? Uh, it's right there in the title. Uh, you know, pulls the heartstrings a little bit because that's where I live. And I have lived there since I was a kid watching Ultraman uh, ports on uh, cable TV, right? So uh, it, it, it's definitely in my wheelhouse, but the fact that he's just a consummate 
uh, creative juggernaut and just chews up panel uh, space like a like a madman. It's just an amazing book. Uh, it's extra size, so it's going to cost you a little bit more. What are they? Seven ninety nine an issue? I think so. Yeah, but they're square bound, yeah. and yes, the, they are. The, the presentation is just delicious, right? Um, but shit's happening, and uh, like um, Walking Dead again to bring up Kirkman. Don't get too attached <laughs> to any of these characters. Yeah. yeah. And the, the art is just, I mean, oh, he's, the art in the book is, is, is incredible. Yeah. But uh, seeing the, the line work uh, in its original form is just mesmerizing. Yeah. He's currently working magic. Uh, Felix does him? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what? Whole issues sell, right? At once. Yeah. So, so far, all but one of the issues were sold whole and that one could have been sold whole but um they feel like smartly convinces his artists at times to at least have one or two of a of a run parceled out so that you can get some creators happy which yeah you you please more people but you can you imagine the bill to buy an entire issue of james heron oh, art and you more than imagine i can tell you how much but I, i'll tell you how fair i won't tell you <laughs> okay like it's insane uh but you know these uh creative darlings that the uh, fandom seems to latch on to. So, some of them, I, I think, are, 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 are worth the, uh, the, the tumult. Shackles. Yeah, the tumult. And then other ones are like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's cool. Guys, guys making some chitter. But uh, Heron, yeah, I think he, like Somni, the dude is in a, in a class all his own. And it, it's, it's uh, he's, he's uh, getting the respect and adoration I feel that he deserves. So, yeah, check out Ultra Mega. It's just a uh, to be trite. It's a monster of a book. Oh, but a bimp. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've I've got uh, two and three right here. I've got and and number one right next to it in case, like you said, Vincent. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to go back because I maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't catch the the kid's name when we read it the first time, or I did and I forgot it, but. Uh, yeah, what you're reading in two and beyond is is the son of Jason, uh, the the uh, the ultra mega to which we were introduced in the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the big head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I've got a small little stack of a few things like like Strange Academy, Ultra Mega, uh, some Justice League. So there's that that's in there with this. Um, but I will say, in your travels, and I started reading it, and I haven't. Um, gotten too far into it but um i at least want to acknowledge how um they they are trying they're they're making an attempt to reboot the line um i'm talking about milestone returns infinite edition zero uh and static season one number one um the my thing with with milestone and dakota um when you're there at the beginning and and you're reading the four first issues whether it's icon hardware static or blood syndicate it's all after the fact the the big bang has already happened and and you're you're coming into it as a new reader into this universe um with characters who already have powers and uh are learning to use them or fight back with them or however they wish to use them um the milestone the milestone returns one shot um 
basically starts off with the Big Bang. There's a uh, there's there's a Black Lives Matters protest. The police are facing um, everybody with signs, and something happens, and and faces start melting, and um, people react. One of the people, of course, is uh, is Virgil Hawkins, who, of course, we know is static. But um, yeah, I know that. I mean, I've been pimping milestone for years. I, I I look for the whenever I see an issue in the back issue bins and cons, I buy them regardless of how many how many copies of that issue I may have. Um, just better safe than sorry. So I just I am a huge proponent of the imprint. Um, and knowing that it's it's back because we've we've, we've got Static started, uh, Icon and Rocket are next, and I love the fact that Rocket is in the title because even though the title originally back in the day was called Icon, Rocket was a huge part of the book. She humanized the character, uh, the lead character. She um, she grounded him, and uh, and she was an extremely important part. Of that series, so so the fact that they're acknowledging that now and titling the new book uh, with both our heroes' names, I, I I think is a very welcome sight. But um, knowing that you can start with Milestone Returns, and yes, the, the, I believe the back half of it is the um, is the digital slash one shot we we read. Um, Crap, was it late last year already? Um, but Milestone Returns, uh, Static, Season 1, Number 1. If if you're not familiar with the old imprint, although I do believe I saw today that uh, there's a compendium. Unfortunately, it's a soft cover, but they are releasing a compendium starting soon um, with the first issues of the original line. And I, I don't know what the page count is. It'd be great if it was hardcover, but you know, if if you can't find the singles of, of the old issues, you can at least start getting the the trade paperbacks of these big honking collections. But Milestone Returns, Infinite Edition Zero is a is your chance to get in on the uh, on the ground floor with this. I don't, I don't know if we can call it an imprint anymore, but um, this is this is a case where something something's being rebooted relaunched and uh in instead of wondering about kind of like the ultimate line in 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 2000 when marvel introduced uh, spider-man and then eventually gave us x-men and fantastic four and everything if if you're a newer reader if you weren't around in the 90s when the original line was introduced um you don't necessarily have to worry about what came before you can just start with this returns one shot and um and and take it away from there if you were there early on great cool this is a neat addition and you can kind of compare and contrast but if you weren't um i would uh, urge you to uh to to check this out with um with a slew of creators on the cover you've got hudlin and cowan uh benjamin draper ivy and and crisscross and, and the last those two uh, are involved in the um Static book, uh, Sinkevich and and Lee and um, I just I 
want to see this succeed. Yes, I want it to also be good, but I'd like to see this uh, this line succeed and and them to. Uh, I mean, uh, hell, if we get if we end up with zombie or shadow cabinet after all of this, um, then I'll, I'm going to consider it a win because because I know that that was towards the end of the line and um, people may have memories of of that that aren't as sharp or clear or as good as as it, the original introduction of uh of milestone but yeah milestone returns in your travels if you get it if you get a chance to check it out please do so oh i'm on that don't you worry about that all right um well in your travels first of all i hope some of you will be joining me in our triumphant returns to the theaters because f9 comes out tomorrow and <laughs> shit is on like Holy Christ! The whole fa- the whole Wood family is extremely excited. We got we're gonna go five for five. We're gonna make a family trip to go see it. So, very excited for that. Um, but in terms of book, uh, I've decided that uh, Simon Hanselman is uh, no longer Vince's boy. He's my boy. Oh, because we uh, both have the same book to pimp. Cultural appropriation. Only you're taking <laughs> mine. This is what Simon Hanselman had to say about the following book: without hyperbole. Nathan Cowdery is a godsend to true alternative comics. Crash Site is gripping, transgressive perversion of the highest order, an entrancing Solonzian nightmare run through a blender with a pile of ecky manga and full English breakfast. Chef's kiss, yes please. Nice. <laughs> that is Simon Hanselman's uh, review of the book, and I don't think I could do better. Um, but yes, Crash Site written drawn by Nathan Cowdery. It is his debut graphic novel, although he's done plenty of, uh, of other work, mini comics and short stories and the like in different books, uh, including the now anthology, but this is his first graphic novel and it's a stunning achievement. Uh, Fanta's at the place now in the last few years. I realized that I, I pretty much buy and read everything that they put out. I just have complete trust in them. And this is an absolutely over the top, insane story that you have to have a certain mindset for um nathan definitely is playing with the idea of social mores and woke culture and he assails it in a way that uh, i interpret to be in support of it like but but you know some might argue the other way it's i i don't i don't know the man personally so i don't know where he leans on that but it's certainly you have to be able to not take if you're a progressive and you're very serious and you can't take yourself and laugh at yourself, this probably isn't for you. Hmm. Um, the premise is a beautiful young girl named Rosie adopts a mentally ill dog. That's uh, this yellow anthropomorphic looking dog. Um, and she named Denton and she, she adopts the dog so that she can use the dog as a drug trafficker. And she stuffs huge amounts of cocaine into the dog. <laughs> and, on the flight home, something goes wrong, and they crash in the Amazon, hence crash site, and they have to find their way out of the Amazon and evade all measure of uh, of ne'er-do-wells in the process. And it is just absolutely bonkers. There is – the opening scenes of this book are a destination wedding of two very Christian people who have saved themselves from marriage, and as they're doing their wedding dance – Nathan zooms in on on the the husband absolutely like grab assing his wife 
And she's like, what are you doing grabbing my ass like that? And he's like, I'm so horny. I've waited for so long. And she's like, let's go now. And they walk out into the Amazon jungle and start fucking. And and, and at the point of climax. You realize you sound like me, right? I know I do. I know I'm channeling you tonight. She screams, fill my vagina. (laughs) She screams, fill my vagina with the joy of Christ. Oh, my God. This is my book. (laughs) And then at another point in the book, when Rosie is in the hotel room taking a shower, uh, and Denton, who, again, is an anthropomorphic dog, he pulls out a porn mag, and the porn mag is called Woke Babes. And he's like, oh, my God, this progressive shit gets me so fucking hard. And then he turns open the book, and there's a picture of a woman with a strap-on. But the strap-on isn't a dildo. The strap-on is like a super sharp-looking blade. And she blade fucks Apu from The Simpsons. <laughs> and, as, and as Denton is jacking to it, <laughs> this huge load flies off and hits himself in the face. And he's like, oh, my God, there's my white privilege. And it's like... The book is just full of these <laughs> moments that you just fucking gasp, and it's so wonderful, and it's so fantastically absurd and escapist. Um, seems a little tame, I, though. What's that? Seems a little tame. <laughs> it seems, yeah, it's exactly. Um, but no, so it's it's I, I I I could give you more anecdotes that made me laugh, but I don't want I want you to enjoy them yourself. Yeah. So please do. But uh, but no, this is this is great. But but you know, listen. Hopefully by now you know if you're the audience for this kind of book when we talk about it or not. Um, but it's 130 pages, 24.99 cover price, nice hardcover. Um, I presume it'll cost you probably 15, 16 bucks if you search around. Yeah. At IST or Amazon. But uh, yeah, hi, or also I know a lot of you do what I do, and you do the Fantagraphics annual sale, where then you get kind of a you know two for one, and you have credits. So if maybe you've got credits you're looking to use this year, Crash Site would certainly be worthy of those credits. I'm on it. I mean, filling her vagina with the joy <laughs> of Christ. I mean, I, I think I might say that to Beth next time we're getting life goal. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, boy. Well, there you go. Can't top that, so we won't even try. If you would uh, like more of this here stuff, go to Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. We're all over those places like a communicable disease. Uh, If you want even more, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Much, much fun to be had. In the meantime, say goodnight. Hear that? <laughs> I felt like Buddy. Did you hear that? <laughs> Is there sugar in it? Then yes. David. Mm. Good night. I don't know what the hell they're doing upstairs, but it sounds like I heard a friggin' elephant's tromping across the kitchen floor. Maybe they're making popcorn shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the Lord. microwave. I'm going to miss you next week. Uh, I think dang. it's too... Uh, I heard you. You did it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I will miss you too. Will you though? Yeah, will you though? Will you really? Will you though? <laughs> I miss you, Miss Cruz. That's it for that one. <laughs>